Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. On today's chapter, I want to talk all about writing retreats, how to plan for a productive solo writing retreat, and my seven top tips for maximizing your experience. I'm going on a solo writing retreat in a couple weeks, and I'm so friggin' excited. Honestly, I am such an introvert. It excites me way too much having time to myself, so... A week or so alone to fully focus on writing is honestly my version of paradise. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, the caveat is I love my friends, I love my family, I love my boyfriend, but there's just something about having time to really dig into your thoughts, be alone with your thoughts, and create something from nothing that is my favorite thing on earth. Typically, I know writing retreats are done in groups. Someday I would love to go on one. Like I said in an earlier podcast, somewhere mountainous or woodsy. I feel like all of the writing retreats that I've heard of that are group retreats, they really bode well with the whole cabin in the woods ethos. The great thing about group writing retreats for me would be getting to meet other writers and getting real-time feedback on my work. But I think I prefer, I mean, I can't say which one I prefer because I've never actually gone on a group writing retreat, but I really love solo writing retreats because when it comes to actually writing and editing, I typically need complete solitude. I need to go inward and focus my brain on the task at hand, so I have to ignore all the white noise and distractions of the world and other people are part of that as much as possible. Today, I really wanna share with you everything I do to prepare in advance for my writing retreats to make sure they are as productive as possible because as much fun as they are for me, I'm also there to work and accomplish some goals to move the needle forward on my book projects. I'll be working on book number two, So there's a good balance of enjoying yourself, but also getting stuff done, and that's what I'm going to share with you today. I will be in Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada for all of September. My boyfriend and I are going to be driving from Toronto to Halifax. It's about an 18-hour journey, including all of the stops. I love road trips, so I'm kind of excited for it. There's still a mandatory 14-day quarantine in the Atlantic provinces in Canada. Even if I'm coming from Ontario, we still have to quarantine. So after we do that, we will be road tripping around Cape Breton. It's gorgeous. It looks kind of like Ireland. 
or so the pictures tell me I've never been. I'm really, really excited. We're going to do some golfing, hiking, enjoying the scenery together. And then we'll be going our separate ways for a couple weeks. He is going on a golf trip with his brothers, his dad, and some of their friends. And I am going on my writing retreat. So it's perfect. We both get to spend a lot of time together and then spend time apart doing things that we love. For that portion of the trip, I have two different Airbnbs booked. So I'll be at one for four nights and the other for three nights. And I'm just doing that to experience two different areas while I'm there, different scenery. I figured why not? They are so cute and they're the perfect little literary oasis is. Oasi? Oasis? Pretty sure it's oases. It just sounds weird saying it, but I know how it's spelled in my mind. Anyway... The Airbnbs are perfect for writing retreats. I was actually emailing with one of the hosts and they were so kind and were just saying, oh, I always hope somebody would use this as a writing escape someday. I'm so excited that you're coming. It was really nice and validating that that's the spot that I picked for my first little writing retreat. That one is a little A-frame cabin. It's overlooking a lake, has a cute little fire pit in front, and the top kind of attic part, I guess, of the A-frame, there's this gorgeous wooden writing desk overlooking. You can see the lake from that top level. There's a little yoga and meditation pavilion. It's perfect. And then the second place that I'm staying is this really cool B&B. It's on Inganish Beach, if you know Cape Breton. It's on the Atlantic Ocean, and it's above this cool little hip coffee shop and cafe called the Salty Rose and Periwinkle. I'm really looking forward to being able to just pop down to the coffee shop, have my morning coffee there, go for walks along the ocean, and then write in my cute little room. It's modern but rustic. There's whitewashed clapboard walls and then pastel blush furniture. It's really adorable and very well thought out. I'm so excited to stay there. If you're Canadian and know the June Motel in Prince Edward County, it's kind of got that feel, but more quaint and nautical, if that makes any sense. I'm going to try to take some video footage and photographs while I'm there. That's just the one thing about having a podcast. I can't show you what I'm talking about. And I'm trying to kind of beef up my YouTube presence. So if you are a YouTube watcher... Just type in Louise Johnson or and Bookstore Bucket List. Those are kind of the videos I have there now. But I want it to be an extension of the Word Weaver podcast so I can show you all of these things that I'm talking about that I can't with just audio. We'll see how the YouTube journey pans out. I love creating videos, editing them. I'm not sure I love being in front and talking to a camera. I think it's just something that you have to get comfortable with and more practice. So we'll see. But yeah, definitely check it out there. I'll probably be posting a mini recap of these writing retreats on YouTube. So let's get into my seven tips for maximizing your writing retreat. These are things that I have picked up from past experiences and I think will be helpful reminders if you're planning your own writing retreat in the near future. The first tip is what I call the Goldilocks effect, and this is about the number of days your retreat is. You have to have the Goldilocks effect, which means ensuring your stay is neither too short nor too long. It has to be just right. 
What I mean by that is give yourself enough time to settle in and adjust to your new surroundings, figure out where the coffee maker is, go for a walk of the property, get the lay of the land, and then make sure you have enough time for your brain to sink into writing mode. Because if it's one or two nights, arriving and leaving and getting set up takes up the bulk or the bookends of your retreat. So there's a lot more pressure on you to get a word countdown in the middle. I personally find my adrenaline is pumping when I arrive at a new destination. I'm so excited to check it out and I have to kind of calm down, get into that mode before I start writing. So basically you want to have enough time to settle into your surroundings, get everything ready, and then actually have time to write. But then on the flip end of that, if it's too long, you're there for a month or longer, you can get a little too complacent. Your brain will obviously fill that time. You'll start reading more books, you'll cook elaborate dinners, you go for longer walks, because you'll think, oh, I have so much time to get to the writing, I can just enjoy this kind of staycation a little bit longer. And before you know it, you have one day left to get everything accomplished that you wanted to do on this writing retreat. In my experience, I've found anywhere between five to seven days is ideal. It's kind of that sweet spot, the Goldilocks just right place. Because if at the end of seven days you haven't finished everything, at least you've had four productive days in between, enough to get your juices flowing so you can keep going at home. Or you can plan an extended writing retreat down the line. All that being said, my big asterisk or caveat to this is I do love and I do recommend a one or two night weekend staycation if you can afford it, you treat yourself, it's a It's a luxury for sure at a hotel or an Airbnb if you have super focused work you need to get done. This could be a speed read through a rough draft for copy or line edits. Maybe you just want to get some quick research or an outline done. I typically find it's harder to get actual heavy word counts down or make a big dent in writing a draft in that short amount of time. Because again, like I said, it's just so exciting and exhilarating, but I do recommend kind of getting away and treating yourself if there's a laser focus part of the writing project that you want to accomplish. Now I keep mentioning hotels and Airbnbs, but the best way to do this, the most cost-effective way to do a writing retreat is if you have friends or family who are going out of town, they need somebody to water their plants or maybe house sit or cat sit if you're not allergic and you can offer up your services and then you get a new scenery and place to write that is free in exchange for watering their plants. So definitely something to keep in mind. Put the feelers out there and you'll be surprised at how many people who would be more than happy to offer up their home if they're going out of town for a week or whatever it is. My second tip for maximizing your solo writing retreat is to prepare an outline in advance and set realistic goals. If you only have four days, you can't expect to write 50,000 words. That's just going to lead to frustration and negative self-spirals, 
Before you go, do a trial assessment of how many words you realistically can get done in a day. If it's 500 or 2,500, whatever it is, it's great. Make that part of your plan for your writing retreat. So if you would like to write 10,000 words, kind of divide that up how much you would like to accomplish each day. If you go over that allotted amount, you're going to feel like a million bucks. So I definitely recommend kind of setting maybe low ball or actual realistic goals because if you supersede them, you're going to feel so good about yourself. Depending on the book project I'm working on or if a word count target is not your thing and it really stresses you out, it can also be helpful to prepare in advance and set the scenes or the chapter goals that you would like to accomplish instead of word count goals. Maybe you want to get two scenes done per day. That's great. If that's the case, prep your cue cards in advance, have the scenes and all of the notes for each of those scenes handy in a little one-pager. However you prepare, have it all ready for you to reference once you get to your retreat. I also like using writing retreats for editing and writing a second draft. I can take all of my critique partner, my editor, and beta readers advice, all of their feedback, and set to task, set up in advance what I want to get done while I'm there. I'll make a plan for each day of how I want to tackle the edits, depending on if they're big developmental edits, and then also I'll leave like the copy edits until the, the end of the week when my stamina might be not as strong and I, I want to relax a little more. Having it planned out in advance is just going to make you feel so much more accomplished and way less stressed once you get there. Tip number three for maximizing your writing retreat is to have a non-writing morning routine. Sounds counterintuitive when you're on a writing retreat, but I find if I wake up and go right to my writing desk and try to force myself to start, my brain fights me tooth and nail on it and I end up procrastinating and then I feel guilty and it ends up being a wasted day. If you're someone who can wake up and go right to that writing desk and start pounding the pavement or pounding the keyboard, so to speak, kudos to you, go for it. For me, I need some time to kind of kick into gear and do little wins that make me feel productive so that I'm itching to go by the time it's time to start writing. I won't do my full morning routine that I would do at home because it takes a little longer, but I like to wake up early and do a mini version of my morning routine. That way it allows my brain enough time to wake up and get my creative juices flowing, but I'm also not procrastinating and wasting the full morning when I could be writing. Typically I'll wake up, I'll make coffee, change out of my pajamas into leggings and a sports bra or something to do morning stretches and yoga. I'll do a five to ten minute short meditation and during these I'm always focusing on my book, what I want to accomplish that day, and then also the bigger picture goal for this book. You can Envision yourself in a bookstore, signing copies, seeing the cover for the first time, whatever it is that gets you into that mindset, that's what I do and think about during these meditations. I'll do a short session of writing in my journal. Sometimes it's gratitude, gets me into that positive headspace. Other times it'll be a brain dump of my wins from the night before and a quick outline of what I want to do that day. 
I try to keep it to one to three points during a writing retreat because I don't want to overwhelm myself. And usually those points will take a long time. They're not something that can be accomplished quickly. So I keep it short, keep it simple. Then I will review my outline for the day ahead. I'll sit down at my writing desk. I'll put on a cozy sweatshirt, some wool socks, and reread where I last left off to remind myself of what I am starting to do for the day. I try to stick to Neil Gaiman's rule of thumb where I can either write or do nothing. Those are my only options. So I can stare at the window and do nothing, but I cannot scroll. I can't text my sister. Nothing. It's either writing or being bored. And like Neil Gaiman says, after a while, you kind of get frustrated looking at the wall, doing nothing, and writing seems a hell of a lot more enjoyable. So once you start, it's always that much easier to keep going. So that's my rule of thumb. Once you sit down, review your outline, you can write or you can do nothing. Those are your only two options. My fourth tip for maximizing your writing retreat is to structure breaks into your day. It's so, so, so important to plan breaks. Otherwise, it can be overwhelming when you sit down at that chair and it feels like impending doom that you're going to be chained there for the rest of the day into the night. Use breaks as rewards. Structure your day into morning, afternoon, and evening chunks and give yourself little breaks in between. You know yourself best if you're a morning writer, set a chunk of time in the morning, give yourself a nice lunch break, go for a walk, move, get fresh air, have an afternoon writing session, break for dinner, and then have maybe an early evening session and then treat yourself to a glass of wine and read over your notes for the next day. If you're more of a night writer, you can do the reverse structure of this. I just advise that you don't make your breaks too long because it's so easy to keep relaxing. That's why I like to have a reward later in the evening, a glass of wine, I get to read a book and watch Netflix after I've done all of my tasks for the day. It makes me not waste too much time during my breaks because I know I'm looking forward to that reward later. I will get time to do it, so I might as well take this time during the day to finish my writing work. Tip number five is do your very best to keep your phone off, and if you can, no internet. I know for emergencies, it's good to have your phone on. Let someone know that you trust that you'll be checking it once a day in case they need to get a hold of you. As much as we want to believe we have the willpower not to check our phones, we really don't. And it's not our faults. It's just science. I know it's really hard and it's so tempting to just do a quick check on your phone as part of your break, but we waste so many precious hours, conscious and unconscious, on Instagram and Facebook, it never makes us feel that much better and we're just consuming, we're not creating. For five to seven days or however long it is, give yourself that time to focus on creating instead of consuming. My sixth tip for maximizing your writing retreat is to create a meal plan and all of your snacks in advance. When you're in the writing flow, you don't want to use up precious brain power and energy figuring out what you want to eat and then spend hours preparing. Maybe at the end of your writing retreat, one of your rewards is creating an elaborate, fancy Italian dinner. Totally go for it. But in the meantime, take this 
task off your plate, pun intended, and create a meal plan in advance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and pack snacks that you can grab easily and handily. I really like almonds, veggies and hummus or tzatziki, apples and peanut butter, banana and peanut butter, a bowl of grapes is great to snack on. I mean, I really like cheese and crackers too. It's nice to make a little cheese tray with some bowl of grapes that you can keep munching on. Basically, I like to try to stick to kind of healthy-ish foods because when I eat junk food, if you're anything like me, it makes my brain foggy and healthy, clean foods really do give you that good energy and brain power that you need. So try to pick healthy-ish snacks that are also easy to grab that won't stop your momentum when you're in the writing flow. And definitely don't forget coffee, milk, if you put sugar in it, tea, all that good stuff. Those are staples for me. And then, of course, wine, because I like to use that as a reward. It puts me into like a sleepy mood. So I found that if I drink wine, I don't really get much writing done. It's a lot slower. Sometimes it's okay. But basically, I use that at the end of my writing sessions to unwind, have a bath, read a book, and watch Netflix before... I crawl into bed and start again the next day. And my seventh and final tip is to set up your writing area as soon as you arrive on your retreat. Put out your pens, notebook, your laptop, plug it in, lay out your cue cards, put out your outline, or even better, tape your outline to the wall. Make sure you don't forget tape if you're doing this. Basically so that everything is ready and for you to sit down, later that day or the next morning, it's a no-brainer and there are zero barriers to starting. At least no physical barriers. Your mental barriers might kick in, but that's okay, it's only natural. I like to pack a writing backpack like I'm going back to school. I keep a pencil case with all of my pens, highlighters, pencils, cue cards, ruler. I keep tape in there, extra paper. You just never know if you're gonna need something and you don't wanna use oh, I didn't have a cue card as an excuse to not write. Depending on where your writing retreat is, sometimes it's nice to also set up two designated writing locations. My absolute favorite is when there's an indoor space and an outdoor writing space. Or if there's a writing desk and then in the afternoon you want to switch your writing session to the kitchen table, you could do that too. I find a change of scenery is nice, or some days I will just stay at my one designated writing desk. For that short amount of time, we're not moving in here. It's just great to have one spot where everything is laid out and ready to go. Again, to make it super easy and a no-brainer for you to sit down and start every single day. When you're checking out Airbnbs, make sure you do a little bit of research and make sure that they have a desk or at least a good table with a sturdy chair where you can set up if they have enough outlets, if they have Wi-Fi, if that's something that you need. Check out the layout, get the lay of the land, picture where you can see yourself writing, indoors and outdoors if possible. See if they have a coffee maker. Basically just set yourself up for success so that when you get there, you know what to expect and there are no excuses for why you can't accomplish everything you want to accomplish on this writing retreat. I have one bonus tip, and I think that's only because I am going on a fall writing retreat in the coming weeks, but bring your own slippers and your favorite cozy sweater. 
It's just the best walking around in your own cozy footwear, wrapping yourself in your favorite sweater. Honestly, I just can't recommend it enough. It makes you feel kind of at home, away from home, and makes the writing process more enjoyable. I don't know what it is. Please do let me know if you go on your own solo writing retreat and if there's anything else that you do to prepare for it. I'm a little obsessed, if you can't tell, with writing retreats, and I love adding new things to my preparation list. Honestly, if you can prioritize some you time, I highly recommend it, a little staycation, anything you can fit into your schedule and your budget. I can't tell you how motivating and refreshing it is to prioritize yourself and your writing and how much this will give you a little bit more momentum, a little bit of a boost to keep you going on this journey. That's it for today's episode of the Word Weaver podcast. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, screenshot and share it on social media, and be sure to check out the show notes at louiseclairejohnson.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Word Weaver podcast. Until next time. You call it